Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me, my friends. I'm hoping that you are having a blessed day, and that I hope that you'll be blessed by the conversation that we're going to dive into today. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever struggled, and do you have a love-hate relationship with big events or just doing events? Whether they're big or small, really doesn't matter. Do you have that kind of relationship with it? I know for some leaders, uh, doing events, especially big ones or multiple ones, uh, can really be draining. They can be overwhelming. Uh, and for some of you, it's it's your sweet spot. You love planning all the details. You love dreaming about these things and theming them and all that kind of stuff. But I think regardless of whether you love it or whether you hate it, you're going to find that this episode is encouraging and helps you with some clarity. Uh, and, you know, speaking of clarity, if you find yourself stuck or you're wondering, how do I leverage the summer events into the fall? How do I create that fall impact? How do I build on what we've done? Or you've got big fall events coming and you're just wondering, how do I go through that? I want to encourage you to check out a, a clarity call with kmccoach.net. You can get 30 minutes of focus time with a leader and, and help you feel get that unstuck feeling to get some clarity, to understand uh, where you're wanting to go and how to get there. And if you want to learn more about a coaching journey for yourself, you can check it out and find out what a lot of other leaders that have come through KMC Coaching and how they've experienced clarity, growth, They've learned to take the best next steps. So I want to encourage you to check out kmccoach.net. It just might be the breakout that you have been praying for. So head over to kmccoach.net and schedule your clarity call right there. So I know my guest today is going to give you some clarity. Uh, he wrote a fantastic blog post that I was just like, David, you got to come on and share about this. We got to do a podcast about this because I know... Big events cause me some some hives sometimes, some indigestion, some sleepless nights. Um, and because uh, I did, I had a love-hate relationship. Um, and and my buddy David Renau has uh just written, he's got a gift for writing. And if you're not following his blog, I'm gonna put a link in the show notes. You gotta go check it out. Um, because it's it's good. Um, he he publishes it, he shares it in the Facebook group. So uh, on Fridays. So if you've not caught it, go subscribe. That would be the better way to do it. So you don't ever miss it. David, welcome back to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast, man. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for those kind words. I, wow. uh, I really appreciate it. We're, uh, hey. uh, I, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to be back. Um, and I will say, uh, with last time I was on here, we talked about relaunching from COVID and that was my <laughs> most popular blog post by far so <laughs> it was a popular podcast um yeah. <laughs> and and yeah i mean living in this post-covid world um I, we're going to talk about that how do you do big events yeah. and that kind of stuff how do you do any events in this um and what have we learned from all that we're going to dive into all that kind of stuff but you know uh, we always start with a why type question and uh so here comes your why question i, I want to know from you why do you think 
churches of any size, whether you're big or small, should look at doing events, big events. We're going to just call them big events. Um, it really doesn't matter the size of the event, but why do an event that's focused towards, you know, grabbing other people's attention? What What's the why behind all that? Yeah, I, you know, I think the, a lot of times when we talk about big events, you, that term big is relative. <laughs> yeah. Um, that it's, it's relative. And, you know, if you're a church of like uh, 50 or hundred people, then like you had a hundred people show up, this is amazing. But if you look at a church that has like a thousand people or, or two, you know, they, they could have a event that said they had 500 people show up to the event. And, and so the, so, you know, don't, don't, if you're at a smaller church, don't worry about like, Oh, it's not as big as what the big church does, did down the street. Right. It's just, you know, it it is what it is. And so the the why to do those big events is um you want to make a you want to make a splash in your community. Uh you want to make you want to make it to where you're known. I, I like what Jim Wideman, our friends, he said, he said, uh, we set our hair on fire and then invite people to come and watch. Yes. And so, <laughs> what's going on? But the uh, you know, the besides the joke of that. The question that haunts me with a church, I, I heard a guy ask one time, and, and it just it stuck with me, is that if your church were to disappear tomorrow, for whatever reason, would the community even notice? Yes. Mm. Uh, and so that the so when we do a big event, whether it's in your neighborhood or you try to reach your entire city or entire area, we're trying to we're trying to do some type of outreach to meet a need to tell someone about Jesus so that if all of a sudden you were to leave, then like people would ask the question, like what happened to these people? Where did, where did they go? Yeah. You know, when I've done some consulting with churches, it's been frightening to me sometimes to uh, go around. And one of the things that I typically do when I drive into a community in, in a church I'm serving uh, in a consultation way is I'll go around and stop at some places and ask, Hey, do, tell me about such and such church. What do you know about it? Mm -hmm. And I remember driving into this one community and the guy's like, I don't know. I think it's kind of more like a clubhouse than a church. You know, they don't, they don't seem very friendly to outsiders. And I think it's a lot, I think a lot of the people are, you know, they're just, they're all family and they don't, they just don't like people, you know, I mean, his yeah. attitude, it was like, wow. And these people were like, mm -hmm. Tom, we don't know why we're not growing. We don't yeah. know. And I'm like, so then I started doing some digging and I started asking about, well, what kind of events do you do? What kind of outreach, what kind of ministry, what kind of service projects do you do mm -hmm. to draw people, you know, to let them know you're here? Mm -hmm. They weren't really doing anything because they felt like it was too much, too expensive, whatever. They had all sorts of reasons. So yeah. I agree with you. I think um, that's a question that churches need to ask is if you disappeared, what would anybody even notice? Or yeah. could you be gone for a year and everybody would have been like, you know, oh, I didn't know that place closed. <laughs> what yeah. was it anyway? You know, <laughs> I think there's, I think with churches a lot of times and, and I, I'm in a new church now and, and the. Uh, from when I was when I did the COVID post and and the a lot of times what happens with churches especially the churches that have been along for a long time they start to focus inward 
Yep. And you and you want to do events. They do have events, but they do events for themselves. Yes. And they're very welcoming. They're very level. They're very hospita- hosp- hospitable, but they're that's for themselves. Yeah. And so when a new person shows up, it's like it's like a new person showing up to a family gathering. And it's <laughs> like, wait, who's that? And, <laughs> and, and like that, that person is an outsider. And so then that person outsider, they may be genuinely trying to like be a part of it, but unless the church starts looking outwardly focused and pushed towards outward, outward focused, um, the, and, and out actively like, Hey, go greet that person and invite them into the circle. You're just going to become more inbred. And ultimately it's yes. not going to help your church grow or, or, or worse. Yeah. Um, so man. All right. So we've established right there that every church should be doing something. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this idea of, and, and your, your blog post kind of really tapped into this stuff because ministry seasons are always filled with, they should be, have, have a few events. I think, we, you know, post COVID world, we, we need to consider how many we actually really do. I think there's churches that are doing too many. And, mm-hmm. and again, they're doing so many, but a lot of them are focused inward, not outward. Um, or they don't really have a sense of purpose. It's just, we've always done it. And so we're going to continue to do it kind of thing. But you talk about this, you know, you, you've got some basic principles for for helping leaders think through some of this stuff. And we do have a lot of new leaders listening to the podcast. And so this is going to be a good primer for them, a, a good tip sheet. Um, hopefully they're going to take some notes here. But let's talk about this idea of, of okay, we're going to do some events Mm-hmm. But where do we start with the planning stage? Because, you know, this could be a little overwhelming and sometimes we don't start soon enough. So sometimes we're, you know, sometimes it's because senior leadership comes and throws something at us and says, oh, by the way, we're going to do this, you know, yeah. and we're, we're like two months away from that big that event. And I think so or a week. A yes, week or, or a week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've had that happen. Yeah, um, yeah. So planning. Tell us a little bit about what you've learned about planning and the planning process and some things that they sh- ever every leader should think about, regardless of the size of the event or the focus of the event. Yeah. So when when we try to do the um, no matter the size, size of the event, we want to, depending on the size of the event, is really how much time you want to spend on planning the event. So if you're going to do like a big uh, if you're going to do like a big, like back to school outreach and you're going to involve the school and the local government, you need to plan way out because the wheels yeah. of government move super slow <laughs> and they're, and it's, it's just gonna, I, I remember one time I talked to a lady, I want to do a back to school event. It was like June and we were going to do it beginning of September. She's like, no, you needed to start like last June to make that happen. Cause Ooh, we were getting donations yeah. and all that stuff. It's like, oh boy. Uh, but then there's other things like I did a pool party for graduation, uh, the other day. And I literally put that together in a few, in a few hours, you know, and I was like, okay, I think this is something we can do all that. So the biggest tool that I use is my calendar. And uh, we're getting towards the end of the year. We're getting towards that third quarter here. Uh, so the, uh, the, so like around October, November, I will sit down uh, either by myself or preferably with my team or with the next gen staff or, or the, the the team that I have, and we will sit down and plan out everything we're going to do for the next year. And we're just talking mm-hmm. about like big stuff at this point. When are we yeah. going to do vacation Bible school? When are we doing kids camp? When are we are uh, Halloween outreach, like Halloween outreach this year is on a Monday. Are you doing on a Saturday, Sunday or Monday? What are you doing? Christmas this year is on a Sunday. 
you know, you, you have, yeah. we should have those conversations. <laughs> like if you're not having those conversations about Christmas now, you need to have them now. And you yes. should have had them like six months ago. Like, okay, what are, <laughs> what are we talking about? And so that's what I'll do. I'll pull out that calendar and I'll put not just the big ones, but for me, because it's my, the calendar for my ministry, I'll put in the little ones like the pool parties and the graduations and the family movie nights, the stuff that doesn't involve the big church. And then usually what happens is the church will do a big event, a big calendar meeting. My last church called it calendar palooza and everybody <laughs> came in with their calendars. And, and then I just gave them the big rocks because they, they, you know, ultimately they didn't care about the little stuff. They wanted to know about right. the big stuff. make sure everything fits together. Right. Uh, That's a really good, I hope people just caught that. Because one of the big frustrations that I think a lot of leaders get is this, well, I'm planning stuff for the children's ministry. And, and you have this advantage because you're a next gen, you've been a children's pastor, but now you're in the next gen role. So you're kind mm -hmm. of working with both groups. And so you can kind of help coordinate that. But, mm -hmm. but there's some churches that don't have that role. And so they have a children's pastor, a youth pastor, and, and both of them are planning their own calendars. And then there's this yeah. frustration that hits because they've overlapped events and, and they've, you, you know, they require volunteers, the same pool. And, you know, especially when you're in a smaller church. So I like what you just said that. And if, if, if they, if you don't have it, you should start it. You should yeah. recommend it to your senior leadership. Let, let's get a big wall calendar. Everybody mm -hmm. bring their planning calendars with their events on. Let's put them all up and let's make sure that maybe there's some that have to move or we have to adjust some pieces and play some Jenga um, yeah. with, and I with would some say sometimes, the, sometimes when you do that, the 12 month, the 12 month gets overwhelming. And some people who are not planners are like freaking out because yes. it's October <laughs> and we're talking about next June. Right. So what I would say is if, if you got people like that, um, then, then take it. And I've had, I've run into people like that, then, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about Easter, to end of July, because yeah, at least from a children's ministry standpoint and from a church standpoint, that is the lion's share of the events that you're going to, that's going to happen is what's, what's happening, yep. you know, those couple weeks before Easter, and then you got Mother's Day, and then that's where your camps and VBS and missions trips for youth groups and, and their youth camps and all those things. And so that the, a lot of times the calendar meetings has We've spent the uh we we spend you know 30, 45 minutes is like, well, you can't do your missions trip here because that's what I'm planning to do VBS. So like yeah. where am I gonna go? And yes. so even when I pick out my VBS, I'll pick like, okay, here's three possible weeks it could go. And so yep. I'm coming in ready to say, okay, here's where we can move this stuff around. There's some wisdom right there. If you're a if you're a younger leader, always have a plan A, B, and C oh, yeah. when you come to the table. Um yeah. Because that way you don't get, you don't get, um, wiped out emotionally or mentally Yeah. because yeah, you've got, all right, Hey, for plan a week one didn't work, but week two works. Okay. That's good. We're all right there. Yeah. Um, I almost and, always have to move my VBS because yeah. it's like, I think it works here. And then like, oh, well this, the, the men's guy wants to do a father's day. He wants to do a father's day car show. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I can't do VBS the the, the Monday nope. after Father's Day car show because we're using the same volunteers. We can't do that. Yes. And that's sort of the yes. idea. Don't 
like what happens in, in the way a church that's event heavy. And we saw this a lot in the late nineties, early two thousands of, they would do a bunch of events and they would just stack because the children, their ministries are siloed. So you got children's ministry doing yep. their thing, youth doing their thing, worship is doing their thing. And it's all the same people, but they're doing three different things. Yep. Uh, and so we want to make sure that they're not bumping up against each other. That's, that is so good. And I also like, and I know you do this. I do this too. I think Jim pounded it into us yeah. that you, you plan early and then you work backwards. Um, yeah. and, and so you usually said, now, do you do, uh, I'm curious. Um, I, I got into the habit of actually putting on my calendar, you know, that because I would set my date, I then started working backwards and I would have on my date on my calendar, okay, need to start planning this, need to lock in these things, you know, need to lock mm -hmm. in. Did you, do you do that kind of stuff too? Yeah. Yeah, I do. So like, let's, let's take VBS for example, cause that's, that's the big one that almost all of us do. <laughs> so like for VBS, like, okay, here's my VBS. Well, then I'm going to have to do a work week the week before, and then maybe a work week before that. And I'm going to have to put in a couple training meetings. Okay. So then those are set. So that's like May through June. And then I'm going to have to say, okay, well, if I'm going to start, when is registration going to open? Well, registration is going to open at Easter because that's when people start. That's when I got the most people there and people are starting thinking about summertime. So right. if it's Easter, that means I have to have all my graphics. I have to have my website ready. I have to have all that done. So if that means all that's done, then like, let's say Easter is mid-April this year. Well, then that stuff needs to be done like mid-March, which means I need to put in the request for it mid-February. Even if I'm the one producing it, I'm still going to have to start working on it in February, which means I'm going to have to order the starter kit in January <laughs> so that I have all the stuff, you right. know, so I can I can get started. So like my event's not till June. But now I have everything planned out with due dates that sent my calendar that has a reminder that pops up that reminds me, hey, this week you need to be making the website or this week you yeah. need to be making the promo video. And it and it, pop, and it pops up on my calendar so that like all the way back in January, I already know. And I did that in November so that like I can get through Christmas holidays and all that and not have to worry about it. I love it. And one of those things that's going to be on the calendar is this idea of, hey, I need help. I shouldn't be doing this all alone. No leader should ever lead alone or you're not really a leader. You're just out for a hike. Um, right. <laughs> nobody's following. You're just out for a walk. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you, t building a team, even in, even in a smaller church, a team could mm -hmm. be one or two people. It doesn't yeah. have to be five or 10, but you know, you scale it to your church ministry. So as a leader, when you're thinking about this kind of thing and it, when it comes to events, what should leaders need to know about team building and setting that up? How much of it do you give away and delegate? How much of it do you keep yourself? Um, yeah. What's that look like, especially in a post-pandemic world now? Yeah, yeah. So here's the big thing with building the team. You got to let go of your ego. You got to you gotta let be able to say, be able to give it away. Uh, because uh, another gymism uh, <laughs> is uh, someone lets you sorry all over a bunch of kids and you need to return the favor. So like <laughs> you gotta, if someone else can do the work, if they can do it 60, 70, 80% as well as you can, yeah. then you need to allow them to do the work. 
Yes. Uh, and the other thing is, is that you are not great at everything. Uh, I, I know for me, like I failed cutting in kindergarten <laughs> and my teacher held up the paper for coloring against the future validatory of my high school and said, this is how not to do it. Pointing at mine that I colored oh, it. No, but the valedictorian wow. did. So I tutored her in calculus 12 years later. So I feel better about that. You know, it was a little just as, but like, so like crafts is not for me. I nope. hate, I, uh, I just like, for I'm you with you out there. I love you, but nope. I, it's not for me. It's I, I can't cut on a dotted line. I don't know how to do that. I just, I don't have the, I'm left-handed and they gave me the, they gave me the ambidextrous a rusty. Oh, I don't know yeah. how to do this. So what I would do, so find, look, you need to know where your weaknesses are, and then you need to find people that are passionate about that and bring them into your team yes. and bring them into that planning process uh, to help you make these, uh, help you make these things. So uh, what I'm looking for when I'm building into this team, whether whether these people are helping me with the weekend services on a weekend, week out thing, or they're helping me with Vacation Bible School or Halloween. Halloween outreach or egg hunt or anything, uh, anything. I'm looking for people that are passionate about this. And it's usually the people that are like asking questions or like giving opportunities or they're like, hey, when are you doing this next? And it's like, okay, hey, let's come be a part of this team. And they're not always the same person because that's right. that, that also happens. Sometimes we'll burn out our volunteers because we get them involved and they help us on weekend and they help us with all these other big events. And they're like, we can't do this anymore or, or, you know, they're just not passionate about that stuff. And it's like, okay, well then, you know, I would have like certain people that help me with egg hunt, certain people help me with VBS, certain people help me with Halloween. Um, and those were not always the same people. There was crossover, but it wasn't always the, wasn't always the same people. Yes. Uh, and then the other thing that I did, especially in post COVID, um, especially th this helped with my weekend services. I struggled for a long time trying to get the people together in the room uh, and, and then I had to worry about food and facilities and childcare and, and all the, and like, I had to create an environment and it was like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. And so COVID came along and, uh, and all of a sudden everyone learned how to use zoom. Uh, <laughs> and, and it was like, oh, this is so much easier now. Now we can meet on Tuesdays at eight o'clock on zoom. And I don't have to worry about food facilities. Yep. Uh, I don't have to worry about childcare because their kids are already in bed. It's eight, and they're the ones who picked eight o'clock. I would have preferred to do it earlier, but they wanted to do, they're the ones who chose eight o'clock. They're all busy moms and that's when it's kind of settled for the night. And so they can do that. Uh, yeah. And so that's, you know, I just do it on zoom and then the call's done in 30 minutes. We don't have travel time and they can do it on their phones. They don't have yes. to have, we're on here with fancy mics and webcams and all that. Most people don't have that stuff, but you can do it on your phone. And so yep. that's post COVID. That was how we did those planning meetings and talked about okay what's what's coming up how can we you know make this better and, and work towards that that is so good and i like how you you know one of the things that i think worked the best for me over the years was having people i mean yes i had i had my sunday team and i would try not to tap their shoulder for as much if they wanted to volunteer as a small group leader you know, I very rarely gave them leadership over some big event if they were if they were doing every Sunday with me and, and you know, making Sunday morning environments powerful. And same with the Bible school team, those couple people that led my Bible school for me and, and were key leaders and part of that team working from January to to July 
Mm-hmm. Very rarely did I pull them into something on Sunday mornings. I mean, some of them did volunteer as small group leaders and that's mm-hmm. fine. That was all they did was, you know, so I like that. I think that's something that more leaders need to catch on to is, is let people be, let them, let them use their gifts in the, in the place that they're the most passionate about and they won't burn them out. Right. Um, right. You know, if they're doing something they love, they're going to keep going. They're going to have that energy and, and I had people that only served during Bible school week and I was okay with that. I didn't make them feel guilty about it. Every once in a while, I would ask them, excuse me, Hey, would you like to join a Sunday morning? You know, would you like to, you know, cause I always opened the door, but yeah. they also knew don't feel guilty about saying no on that because that was their, that was their availability. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that. I like that a lot. I think that's a great philosophy. I love the ideas about, you know, team meetings on Zoom or even recording them and and sending out the recordings and let people, you know, give feedback, post into a group. Those yeah. are, that's yeah, good. I, that's, still, I still do that. I always recorded those meetings because that's the other thing is when you do these leadership meetings, you're never going to have a hundred percent. And, right. and, or, or if you do, it's the rare, that's the rare exception. <laughs> and and so mark that on the calendar that you got right. it. <laughs> yeah. And so we're just going to pick the best. We're going to pick the time that meets the most people. And then we're going to either a send them the notes if it's in person or B, if it's on zoom, we're going to record and send it to them. There and then if go. they choose not to engage with that, well, then that's on them. But you know, I just, yeah. you can't, what you can get so bogged down in trying to get everybody to come that you're never going to find a time, especially yep. the, like, if you're talking about one or two people, okay, you can make that happen. But uh, I've worked with teams of like seven or 10. And it's like, this is near impossible trying to get everybody scheduled to put people. Oh yeah. Herding cats. Yeah. So, okay. So we've, we've got our planning calendars done. We've, mm-hmm. we've got our key leaders in place. One of the big pieces, um, and you say it in your post is to market well, um, mm-hmm. to, to get the promotion out there. And this isn't just, putting a post on Facebook because if anybody pays attention and and a lot of people don't realize Mm -hmm. when you post something on Facebook as an, as, as a promotion, you put a little piece of clip art on there. Clip art. Wow. Did I age myself? Holy cow. (laughs) You would use clip art anymore, Tom. Yes. Actually, well, sometimes that was the clip art in the bulletin. They do. (laughs) Yeah. That was the original copy and paste. Um, (laughs) Oh, wow. Flashbacks, horror. Um, (laughs) Okay, keep going. Um, <laughs> I remember standing for hours at a copy machine trying to get the stupid edges to not Dude, to you disappear. Are, you are, that's before my time. I don't even know what you're talking. I've oh, heard stories. I've heard yeah, horror stories. Now, now, let me take my dentures out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so <laughs> why wow, was that a squirrel moment or what? It was. It was. Um, I enjoyed yikes. it though. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, everybody's laughing at Tom. How old is Tom? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've been doing kids ministry since. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, I think Methuselah might have been in my group. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's what I felt like some days. So marketing, promotion. People think though that Facebook, if they post something, everybody in their community is going to see it. Yeah. Because I got five hundred friends. I got a thousand friends. Everybody. No. no. Um, it, newsflash for those of you that aren't tech savvy, you have to realize that Facebook only shows a very small amount of your friends list. It's, it's uh, 1%. It's yeah. 1%. It's ridiculous. It's, and and it, Facebook, that's on a Facebook page. Your personal profile is a little better, but yeah. if you're posting on your Facebook page, it's zero to 1%. 1%. Yeah. 
Yes. Uh, so if you're going to share it to a Facebook page, make sure you get church people to comment and share it because then the algorithm becomes a little more of your friend and yeah, starts the more to engagement push it you get, the better. Um, yeah. That always helps. So but, yeah, go ahead. go ahead. Let's talk about this promotion. What are some things that they need to know? What, what are some p- things that people should pay attention to when it comes to promoting and marketing uh, their yeah. events? So here's, here's the truth about marketing. There is no silver bullet. Mm-hmm. There is, you cannot just do this one thing and then everybody's going to know. It's not going to happen. You just, nope. I mean, and, and and the the world knows this. Mass media knows this. Uh, I mean, how many times I got a I got an ad on Facebook for Epclusa. I don't even know what Epclusa is. I'm not sure what it does, <laughs> but I've already seen their ads in the magazines. I see it in Google. I see it on the television. And it's like I don't care. But they're hitting all these different. <laughs> All these, all these yeah. different mediums. So like there is no silver bullet. So what you need to do is you need to advertise as many places as possible within, within your time and within your budget. That's really the big thing. And you don't have to spend a lot of money on this because the paying for Facebook to boost an ad, uh, I've never spent more than a thousand dollars. And I know for some people that's a ton of money, but that was like, I spent a thousand dollars. That was for the whole church for Easter for a month. So like when I've done like big, when I've done like VBS, I've spent like two fifty or five hundred dollars. I just built it into my budget of like here's 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 what it is. So, but I don't just advertise just on Facebook. I advertise. Uh, I advertise. I've done Google ads before. I'll send out a, a postcard mailer, not like the mass mailer that hits mailboxes, but like to my event list. Yeah. Um, I'll do. A, um, I'll, I'll make flyers. Uh, you want to hit the the right day because, like I mentioned, like for VBS, I'll talk about uh, I'll talk about that on Easter Sunday, I, and you know because that's when most people are there. So I try to hit that. You know, we do the 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 just the on stage announcement is not gonna that's right. the that's good that's powerful. You know, I got the bull, I got the booth in the play in the in the lobby. We do all those all those different things. So. Um, there's no one silver bullet. You want to try to hit as many different places. Uh, and for me, when I was doing events, a lot of times the work that was happening as we're preparing, the work I was doing was the marketing. I was yeah. selling this event because I am the chief recruiter, both for volunteers and for participants. I'm the person that is job. Now you can recruit that. You can find people that are going to pick it up and run with it. And that's great, but that's a strength of mine. And so that's mm-hmm. where I spent most of my time uh, gotcha. doing um, yeah. And so for the um, the the thing when you're writing this is that uh, your biggest and most loyal market is your church. Uh, I always ask the question, how did you hear about us? And friends and family and my church was like so yes. far out, yes. of, out of range. You know, and it's like it's like 40 yeah. percent of the, the people personal invite has not died. That is no, still it has one not of the died. And so you need to give them tools to do that. Give them a yes. flyer, give them an invite card. And make it clear. Uh, I saw one thing. I saw I was uh, this Easter. I'm in a new neighborhood. So I'm looking at all the signs and what churches people go to. And I saw so many signs that said Easter. And then underneath it or in smaller text, it said what church. And yeah. I was like, that's you wasted that yard sign. So, yep. Because like, I know Easter's coming. What yep. church are you going to? Yeah. And if I'm right. driving, driving the road, it, you're driving fast. Hour, I'm not going to yes. see that. Yes, it drives me bonkers. And churches spend <laughs> so, 
thousands of dollars on those signs and they yeah. do no good. So, so make it clear, make it clear this VBS, egg hunt, Halloween, you know, the trunk or treat, make it clear, make that the thing, not your pithy name. You came up for it. No one cares what make waves is. No one knows. Yeah. Talk about it's VBS. Yes. You know, that, that's what people are looking for. Um, yeah. So, so talk about that. And then I, I, I did the most, I said, there's no silver bullet, but your most uh, useful tool is your email list that yeah. it, the, you, I collect all the emails of everybody who goes to my church and then everybody come, who comes to an event, I collect their emails and then I email them. I had one event for Vacation Bible School where I announced it on Easter. We did it on the stage, had the flyers, all that stuff. After about two weeks, I had 10 kids registered. And I was like, why is no one registered? And then I decided, you know, what? I'm just going to send out an email and just to, to just to my list to like, hey, sign up for this. And within 24 hours, I had over 100 kids registered. There it you just, go. Because they just, it, that is, those people have given you permission and they're used yep. to reading your stuff already. So here you go. Yes. I think that's, you know, generating um, some, if you're going to generate momentum, you've got to generate some excitement about it. You got to generate some curiosity, but confusion turns into no automatically. If you're confusing yeah. people with what you're doing, why you're doing it, where you're doing it, how you're doing it, they're not going to come. No. And sometimes we use such insider language. Um, we come up with, like you said, some cute, pithy saying, but it's cute and pithy in the in the boardroom of the church. But outside yeah. the four walls, people are going, what is that? Mm -hmm. um, you know, they don't get it. Um, and they're so not going to research it. They're not going to know. They're not. They're just they're, they're just they're gonna not. Read it. OK, and move yeah. on. So, yeah, you've got to come up, you know, I mean, I, I love one of the churches that that uh, I was associated with um, for Easter before the egg hunt to generate a little bit of buzz. We created a giant egg hunt. Mm -hmm. um, we bought some of the big giant eggs at five and below and mm -hmm. we put some candy and a gift card for a local pizza place in there. And we hid them around town with a few clues and we sent it by email. And I think we even anybody that we had a phone number for, we could, we had the ability through our, our church uh, uh, program. Um, yeah. We could send out a mass text. So we sent mm -hmm. out a mass text and a mass email saying, Hey, be on the lookout around town. There are five eggs hidden. Um, and, and here's a few of the clues of where you might find it. If you find it, yeah. take a picture of it with you and your family, finding it, put it back on social media, um, you know, hashtag. And mm -hmm. I'll tell you, it generated some, I mean, people were sharing it. Uh, people started going out and searching for it. It was hilarious. Although the first time we did it, the first year we, we did it, we learned very quickly. Our church people went out and found all the eggs <laughs> and totally missed the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it wasn't, uh, that one was a miss at first. So we yeah. had to let, we had to send it out to people who weren't regular attenders first. You know, it was just, mm -hmm. it, you learn, you learn what works and what doesn't work. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. And we'll, I know, I know you want to talk about evaluation in a minute. Yes. And, and, but the, that's one of the things is that I go through and I look and see what, 
marketing things that I did worked and I track all that data um, and, and keep track of, you know, how did, how did you hear about us? What church do you attend? And then that helps me put my marketing efforts and angle that. And the other thing is when I'm running ads, the great thing is when you run the, don't just like, you know, Facebook will pop up and say, Hey, boost this ad for 10 bucks and you boost it. Don't just leave it there. Let it run for 24 hours, 48 hours, but then go back and look and say, okay, is this working? Can I change this yes. verbiage? Can I change this picture? Can I do these different things that's going to hit better? Um, so that's that's going to reach more. Um, and and the the world does this. That here's an example of um, when um, uh, the Queen's Gambit came out with Anna Taylor Joy on Netflix. You know that was like a big phenomenon. Mm -hmm. um, she was also in the show called Peaky Blinders. Now I've never I, I've never watched Peaky Blinders, so I no no application <laughs> of it. But the um, she was in it, but she was in like one episode for like. 10 minutes and because she was so big in queen's gambit they changed the graphic to queen's gambit to her face it dressed wow. in there so that people was like if you like her in queen's gambit you're gonna like this show and you're gonna come watch this show too and mm -hmm. so the like look when you think about your marketing you may like the what you look you may like your verbiage and you may like your pictures that you're doing but the market is gonna tell you what's yes. working and what's not so don't yeah. just do one do a couple do three or four split your budget up and then the algorithms will tell you this is working this is not working yeah. and then adjust your adjust as you go along there you go i'll throw one more in and then yeah let's move on is i think always use the current event to mm -hmm. promote the next one have yeah. the next one ready. At least give a save the date card out. Do mm -hmm. something that front loads that next thing you're doing. Um, and have invite something. Invite them to church. You have to invite them to church. There you that, go. That, that's why we're doing this. So if you yes. don't have an event coming, yes, you do. It's Sunday. There you <laughs> go. Invite them to Sunday. I'm, I'm glad you said that because we're not going to have a lot of time to talk about follow-up. But that's one thing that drives me crazy is that we do a big event like Bible school. And then the next Sunday, there's nothing there significant. There's no reason. We do trunk or treats. And, and we do it so close to the weekend. And yet there's no invite. There's, mm -hmm. you know, and people wonder, well, why aren't people coming to our church? Because, you know, we're doing these events. Well, have you ever asked them to come in? Mm -hmm. <laughs> have you mm -hmm. Have you ever given them a reason to come in your doors and to come back? Yeah. Um, you need to have something significant for them to come. And if you're not using the current event to give them the next step, to tell them, here's the next step for you. If you enjoyed this, like you just said, if you enjoyed mm -hmm. that, that show, watch this one. Well, if you enjoyed this event, hey, come check us out on Sunday mornings because this is right. what we do for your kids, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, and here's what we have for you as parents and families. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think that's a big miss sometimes that that we forget, which obviously I guess that leads us into evaluation. Um, yeah. um I'm gonna let the there's a couple other points in your blog. I'm gonna make people read, they just gotta go okay. read the blog post. So um, yeah. but evaluation is a powerful one. And I think a lot mm -hmm. of leaders fail to really evaluate. They just look at the numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that's not gonna tell you a good accurate story, is it? No, it doesn't give you the full story because the like Okay, I did uh, my I did a great VBS a few years ago. 
And um, it was the biggest one the church had ever done. We had we had 320 kids registered. On one night, we had uh, 180 kids show up or 190 kids. I never broke that 200 mark. Every time I did VBS, I never, I wanted to break 200, I never did. But I had like 320 kids registered and and 290. And it's like, that's great. When that, that was the numbers. And we had great salvations and we had, we had, um, you know, we, we had lots of volunteers to it. And so those are the numbers. Well, let's look back at this. I had 320, or 320 registrations, but how many of those kids never actually showed up? It was like something like 20% never actually came. Yeah. Well, how many wow. of those came every night? Well, that was like 10%, only 10%, some 10% of the kids only came to one night. Okay. So that's one story. And then another story is we look at the evaluation, look, look at it, when you look deeper into those numbers is you're like, okay, um, well, how many came to church after, you know, because like, if I'm going to do an outreach event, I want to invite them to come be a part of my community. Yeah. Uh, I want them to come be a part of, part of our church. Well, how many of them came? And that was always a lower number, but like I did a one, I did a, a, a trunk or treat it was the uh, in in my church in Montgomery, and we did a we the year before we had about five hundred people come to the trunk or treat, which was just amazing. And then so I really like put in my marketing systems, and and I was really this is before Facebook ditched their algorithm. You could do a post and reach like five hundred people with a post. And so I was you know I was doing all that, and we had fourteen hundred people come to this event. Wow! But I didn't have a way. But we only had one person come and it was like, so for, let me go back. We had 14 other people come. Huge success, right? Well, no, it actually wasn't because we only had 11 cars and six of them were staff. So none of our people came to it. Ooh. And only one person out of that whole event came to our church as a result of it. That's mm. a that's a failure. Like, yeah, we had ton of people on Ouch. campus. And also my follow-up stuff, like I had them fill out registration cards. I ran out of registration cards at 600. And, and the, not everyone filled out the registration card completely. So I couldn't even follow up with the people who did come. And so, (laughs) you know, it's like, okay, what is, what is happening? So um, when we're talking about evaluation, you need to have a meeting. And usually what I do is I do two meetings. Uh, I do a meeting first with my team, that team that helped me plan it. I do a, a meeting with that team. And if it's an all church thing where lots of staff was involved, it took a lot of resources. I'll also do a meeting with the staff. Mainly because mm-hmm. the church staff wants go. to, they want to have a say in it anyway. So, sure. okay, yeah, right. You know, I want yeah. their input. You yeah. want to hear what the senior pastor has to say about it. You want to hear what the next gen <laughs> director has to say about it. You want to hear what the worship pastor has to say about it because they all have different perspectives. Yeah. And so I invite them in there. And so what we do, uh, what everyone wants to do is they want to talk about what's bad because that's that's what feels good. <laughs> Let's just rip this apart. And and I've sat in what these meetings failed? where we just talk about how horrible it was, and then you walk out of this thing that should have should have been a win, and it was. And you, now you feel like you're the worst person. You should just hand in your keys now and just call it quits because like yeah. why are we doing this anymore? And right. so what you have to do is spend your time at the beginning, and you have to be very very focused. Uh, my senior pastor was very good and my last church was very good about this is that you have to talk about what was good. And yes. then you keep talking, you hit good, good. You hit it over and okay. What else? Okay. What else? Okay. What else? Because what's going to happen is you will naturally tend toward, well, this could have been a little bit better. I was like, no, no, no. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Yep. What was good. Keep talking about what was good. So that you're, you're good. You don't want to give yourself a 10 out of 10 because nothing's 10 out of 10. Okay. You're right. not Disney world. You didn't put on the fireworks show. Okay. You didn't do that. 
So you're, you're not 10 out of 10. So then like, okay, let's give ourselves a seven out of 10. So we got some room for improvement. Then after you've done that, then you talk about what could we have done better? What, and then when you talk about what you're doing better, be sure to be clear about what was in your control and what was out of your control. Yes. The, the things that you're in control, you can fix those and you can feel bad about it. But the kid who came in sick and puked all over your nursery and then you had to go like, you can't get mad because that kid came in sick. But right. like if the puke didn't get cleaned up until two hours later, well, then that's a problem. You should have fixed that, you know, but if it got cleaned up immediately, the mom came and picked up the kid and they're they're off off. Okay, well, that's a win right there. That's not a loss. Yeah. You know, you know, right. that's so talk about those things. And then the final like thing that. is, um, what can we do better to look at the good and the bad? Okay, this was good. Like what you talked about with the with the uh, with the egg hunt, with your giant egg hunt. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a success, but it was only for your church people. So I was like, okay, how can we tweak this a little bit yes. to reach better people, to, right. to reach the people that we're actually trying to reach with with this uh, with this event? So I like that. I like what, you know, taking the, that what worked and what can we make, what can we do to make it better? Because like you said, there's always room for improvement, even you know, on the failure side, but even on, on man, we've done this so well. Cause I think mm -hmm. sometimes, and then there's times where we need to say, okay, what did we do so well that we need to change it completely? We need to break it yeah. and make it better. Um, yeah. Well, like let's, let's rethink this. So like, like at my last church, we had a really good worship team and for years I tried to do this and the summer I leave is the summer they actually pull it off. Uh, <laughs> but like we, you know, I would have, I, I'd be up there for VBS and I would lead worship or I, and I have a couple of volunteers come and lead worship. And then I have kids come up there that I, they were part of the VBS worship team, which is a whole nother thing, but you got them up there. And so you got like 20 people up on stage and they're all doing the motions and singing and excited and all this excitement. And I was like, you know, we just have the motion backgrounds. We just have the videos that came with the VBS. Wouldn't it be great if this was live music? You know, the, the worship is already working. Uh -huh. They're already locked in. The kids are singing it. The parents are talking to me. How do, how, where can I get this song at home? And how can I keep this going? That's all great. So it's all working. And I was like, what if we took it just one step better? And what if we could do live uh -huh. music? Right. And so I started talking to my worship pastor, like, hey, can you come? Can you get a team? Can you come and make this happen? Because of COVID and all that never happened. They actually did it this summer um, at, at, at my last church. And they uh, I got I talked to my successor and she's like, this was fabulous. And they loved it. And they're like, we want to come back. Uh, so, the, you know, it's just OK. The um, you look at something is like, how can we take it that one step further? What can we do to make it that one yeah. plus? Uh, I, there's this, this great thing. If you walk in through Disney world, uh, through the magic kingdom, as you'd make the transition from the haunted kingdom to the Rapunzel's place, there's, there's horseshoes that's on there. I don't yes. know Tom, if you've seen these, yep. but there's horseshoes. And as you get closer to Rapunzel, you start seeing Maximus printed on there. Their Ma Maximus was yes. the horse in Rapunzel. So right. they, it wasn't good enough for Disney just to do the horseshoes. They're yeah. Maximus's horseshoes. And that's something yes. most people miss. Oh, that if totally. they even notice the horseshoe, they're not going to notice the writing. And so that's what you, when you're that evaluation, that's the time to sit down as like, how can we make this one plus? Yes. How can we make this just a little bit better? Just push it a little bit, a little bit more. And then you take all those notes and you put it all together and you put it in a file and you don't look at it again until it's time to time to um, plan because you need to yeah. relax. Yep, uh, <laughs> I agree. Also, I agree. You you're need not going to take gonna a remember. breath. 
So <laughs> you're not going to remember. That's why you write it all down and you yep. put it in a file. Because you know, because what's going to happen is six months from now, you're going to pull out all the stuff and you're like, what did we say? Yes. I don't even remember. So you yep. go back and look. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that I've found that helped me is to pick a few people outside the church and ask them a few questions. Yeah. What, you know, how, how was our, how was our signup process? Mm -hmm. Um, How was our communication? Did we, we, did we tell you enough information or did we tell you, did, did you not get enough? Um, Honestly, I asked, I was standing in the back of the room. Um, I was actually waiting for my point to come up for the closing uh, for the day. And Mm -hmm. I opened a can of worms because I just looked at this one mom who had been, she came in early and she was standing in the back of the room and our kids worship was going at the time. And I I just turned and looked at her and and said, hi, can I ask you one question? Mm. (laughs) Not really. I wasn't going to have enough time to hear the whole thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually had to have her hit pause so I could come back to her. But I said, um, what do you, you know, what do you like about, why do you bring your kids here? And what, what do you, what do they like about it? And she started listing off some things. And then all of a sudden she said to me, and this is where I had to hit the pause because it just rocked my world. Mm. She's like, but I don't like just dropping them off. I'd like to be involved too. When are you going to do something that includes parents? Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa um you mean like you where you would attend with your kids and she's like Mm -hmm. exactly i would love to come with them Mm -hmm. and that's when i had to go okay you know what the song's about ready to end i gotta get up on stage Mm -hmm. let me talk to you right after this Mm -hmm. so i i when i got back to her i started asking her a couple questions on that day i sat i went back to my office afterwards because she gave me all these ideas mm-hmm. and i went down and i sat down and i wrote all these ideas out so that i could keep them and when i brought my team together for the evaluation meeting we got going and and started talking and i said okay now what do we what what do we do well or 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 as we look at this whole program what needs to what do we need to break and mm-hmm. reimagine mm-hmm. and People started talking and then I went, then I stopped him and said, okay, I have to tell you, I'm thinking about something way bigger. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm thinking about breaking the entire model. Mm -hmm. And all these eyes went, "Uh Oh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what what is Tom up to? And I said, we're not going to do Bible school the way we've done it next Mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going to give you time to think about this, but I want to do a family style. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to do it in the evening. Um, I want to make it accessible for families to come. And I started throwing a couple of, and man, what was supposed to be an hour long meeting went to two and a half hours because all Mm -hmm. of a sudden the floodgates opened up, the ideas started flowing and we literally sketched out a whole program. And then, Mm -hmm. like you said, then we were like, okay, we're going to close the folder. We're all going to take a breath. We're going to forget about this. But in a couple of months, we're going to come back and we're going to look and say, God, is this still a good idea? Is this still something you want us to do? And, and, and we did, we ended up launching it and it was one of the best programs. We had more unchurched families come to that new version of Bible Mm -hmm. school. Um, and it required less volunteers. It was for me as a leader, it was so, it was, it was almost as stress-free as I could have ever dreamed of having something. So anyway, so yeah. 
I two, think two, eva- things, two things if I could on, on that. Yep. One, uh, I just read an article the other day that that live events and family events are booming right now. Disney mm. is sold out. They are. Yeah. Uh, I just we're trying to go down in October for fall break. We have season passes because we're Florida. We're Floridians and we're special. Uh, <laughs> but the we got the trying to go down there and but like it's book solid. So we're like, I don't know if we're going to be able to go. So to like come up with those events. If you're looking look thinking about events, think about how you can involve the family and how you can be live. Don't be so scared to do. Depending on what part of the country you're in, don't be so scared to be to do a live event. Um, yes. And the second thing to get that, this is part of the follow-up conversation uh, to get that feedback that what you were talking about, Tom, because what you got was a gift with that. <laughs> Most yes. people won't share that much information. What I would do is uh, part of my follow-up process is I would send them an, in an email, a survey. I would there send it go. to my volunteers Love and it. I would send it to my participants and I would ask them those questions. How was how communication before, during, after the event? How was registration? Uh, how was pickup? How was drop-off? Um, and then, and then the real magic of that thing, the, the best two questions I asked was what did we do that you loved and what did we do that you wish we could improve upon? And that was really, that was the money shot. Um, and, and then, um, with, I heard a guy say this one time is that if you're going to ask people for feedback, just, you need to give them something for it. If you're going to ask them for the time, you need to give them something for it. So I would do either a 25 or a $50, like Amazon card or a visa gift card. Um, Amazon's easier because you just email it to them. Uh, but yeah. I wouldn't do that for everyone. I would say, if you do this, you will be entered into win. There this. you go. Yep. And that was enough of a carrot. And yep. so, you know, when I didn't do the carrot, two, three responses, do the carrot right. 15 to 20. Okay. Yep. Now I got something to work with. I agree. I agree. And it is. And, and remember, don't take stuff personal um that yes you are going to get some sharp criticism you're going to get some stuff that's going to you're going to go ouch that stings remember mm-hmm. there's always a nugget of truth in everything so get rid of the junk keep the nugget um yeah. and 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 roll on but um yeah i think evaluation is is something that we sometimes do too quick we don't really ask the right questions um you know asking you know so we see this trend, you know, we, we saw a trend when we were doing the old school nine to 12 Bible school, Monday through Friday, that we were losing kids on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and for three years, we kept seeing every Friday, we, we were trying to do the big giveaways. We had the big, crazy yeah. reveals and prizes and, and yet we were losing kids like crazy. Um, I would see I mean, a 50% more, attendance drop from Thursday yeah. to Friday. And yeah. so we started saying, okay, well then what can we do to keep kids so they don't miss the last day? So mm. we shifted everything and we started Sunday afternoons mm. and we went Sunday to Thursday mm-hmm. and our, our attendance skyrocketed on the last day yeah. and kids showed up and we gave away our prizes and we had our big blast and mm. it was so much better all because we were willing to go, okay, if that's what it takes to keep people um, and we did a little survey after we, uh, when we looked at this and we said, could we get more kids on Sunday through Thursday? We threw it out there to the community and we got great feedback that, yeah, we would love that, that our kids mm-hmm. hated missing on Fridays, but we're always, we lived in an area where lots of people went to the lake on the weekend and they started on Fridays in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So we learned that's why people were leaving. It wasn't because of our program. 
um, and they didn't see value in it. It's just that they had the lake house booked from Friday to Sunday and they weren't going to miss any time with it. Um, So, you know, we were willing to make that shift to Sunday. And then for one of my churches, we moved it from daytime to nighttime. Mm -hmm. Um, And we ran our Bible school from six to eight at night. And it was better for parents. It was better for volunteers. Um, So it was a win. But you, if you don't evaluate, you'll never get an opportunity to ask those questions and figure it out. And And you got to look at it. You got to look at it objectively and you got to take your, like I said, you got to take your ego out of it. Like, like I said about delegating, you got to do the same thing because there is like, you can be so determined that what you're doing is right. And, Mm -hmm. and then someone makes a suggestion and you're like, no, my way is right. And that person may have that golden idea that takes you to the next level and you, you just shut it down because you're not willing to be open to that, yeah. to that idea mm-hmm. uh, and, and be willing. So be willing to experiment and change different things. Uh, Cause some people was people in general hate change uh, and church people hate it more. So, <laughs> uh, but you know, if you have that consistent of like, we are changing things and we're improving things. If they get used to you as a leader that like, Oh, here they come. He's going to, you know, that like we're doing this event and something's going to be different. <laughs> if they're used to that, then they're going to be more open to it. Um, yeah. And then, and then the naysayers, the people who can't handle it, they're going to, you know, uh, they're, they're probably just going to go with the flow. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. some of, you might yeah. lose a couple of them, but you know, I, I, we're, we're in this, it's, it's, we're trying to reach people for Jesus and yeah. what that's back to that. Why question, why yeah. are we doing this? Right. It's to make an there impact. It's to, yes. it's to reach people for Jesus. And if I can do that better at night than I can at day, then I'm going to do it at night. Right. And, and I'm just, I'm just going to, if I can do it better Sunday through Thursday, as opposed to Monday through Friday, then I'm going to do it Sunday through Thursday Yep. Um, and, and make that adjustment that needs to be. That's a great way to wrap up this conversation. I hate to do it. This has been fun. Yeah. Um, I've had a good I love, time. I love talking about this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Well, Dave, uh, hey, thanks, man. Uh, thanks for making time. Uh, I know you've been busy and and God's doing some really cool stuff in your church and your ministry. And and uh, if people want to subscribe to your blog, tell us um, where where can they sign up for that? So if they go to David Renault, uh, dot, uh, davidrenault.blogspot.com, uh, you go there and then there'll be a pop-up. Um, I'm actually doing, a, uh, there's a, a giveaway there that, if you, uh, I do a worship planner template. So you're, you're planning all these worship songs and you're trying to figure out like, did we sing this song last week? Did we sing it three mm. weeks? Ago? I don't know. So I give you an Excel worksheet that tells you that handles all that stuff. So if you subscribe, um, there's a link there for you to download that and grab that for free. Um, and then you'll Very get a, cool. uh, I try to release on Fridays. Um, and, and then you'll get the, get the latest stuff as I go out there. There you go. So, it, you know, you can catch it in the KMC Facebook groups. So if you're not part of the Kid Ministry Collective, come join the group because he posts a lot of times right there. But it's mm-hmm. it's way better to just subscribe. I keep telling people subscribe um, because that way you're guaranteed you're not going to miss. He's got some fantastic. I'm just scrolling through his blog right now. Um, all sorts of stuff. Uh great topics, very practical, well-written, um, and he's got some appreciate wisdom. It. So yeah. my yeah. friend, thanks, man. I appreciate the time together. We'll put the link to his blog in our show notes um, so you can check it out there. And uh, thanks for being part of the KMC community. Thanks for for sharing your wisdom today. And, and I hope people have some amazing events coming up. 
Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you, Tom. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed it. Again, if you're getting stuck, if you need some help, reach out to David. He, he's got a lot of wisdom. He'd be glad to help you. Um, if you need some other help, check out kmccoach.net. And stay tuned for another episode coming up real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills in ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.